Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You hear Brad Thompson 2 to 6 every day on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter and Jamie Rivers and with Michelle and Randy. BT joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to talk a little bit about the Cardinals opener tomorrow in Cincinnati. He'll have the call on on Bally's Sports Midwest. I almost said Fox Sports. Bally Sports Midwest with Danny Mac. BT, how you doing? I am doing great, guys. How are you guys doing this morning? I'm doing good. I'm trying to think of the last time you had a chance last night to win your game. It was 24 to 8. You needed USC to be within nine and a half, and it, yeah. it was over early. <laughs> Man, so I, I was playing in a uh, in a spread pool, you know, as we have around the office, playing against our boss, Tommy Mattern. And uh, I sent him a text when it was 24 to 9. He said, just know this, Tommy, USC is a second-half team. And turns out turns out not to be the case in that one. I don't know who's going to be Gonzaga at this point. I mean, that team is ridiculous. Yeah, they're unbelievable. And I, I think they are going to win. And, man, an impressive performance last night against USC. Yeah, they, they look fantastic. And I, uh, I, I was watching the end of the game because – I did have a little stake in the game on Michigan as well, and I was kind of hoping that Wagner could knock down a wide-open three. That didn't happen, but oh, this is an exciting time of the year. You guys know it's fun stuff to talk about. we got March Madness. Uh, Michelle, I still condolences uh, for uh, Illinois. Thank you, uh, It happens. I'm sure March Madness is dead to you at this point. Yeah, we got opening day tomorrow, blue season. I mean, life is good. That's right, Brad. Enough talk about that stupid tournament. Let's talk some Cardinals baseball, okay? I'm so excited that tomorrow is the season opener, but I do have one point of, of consternation, and that's Carlos Martinez for me. I wanted to have you talk me through this, Brad. So at the beginning of spring training, when we thought Carlos might be vying for that fifth spot in the rotation, I think a lot of people thought, okay, you know, Carlos. Carlos at times hasn't been everything that the Cardinals fans have hoped. But if he's occupying that spot in the rotation, no big deal. We can ride with him. But now all of a sudden with KK and Michaelis being out, Carlos Martinez is a very important part of this rotation. So tell me where you're sitting on the Carlos Martinez confidence meter right now. Well, here's the thing with, with Carlos. I mean, it's very hard to just say, like, oh, I'm super confident that he's going to be consistent throughout the year because we just haven't seen him be a consistent starter for a few years now, whether it be uh, due to injury or just ineffectiveness. Like, that part of it hasn't been there for Carlos. I will say this, and I like different things motivate different players, right? And I'm not exactly sure what makes Carlos Martinez tick. But if there was going to be a year for you to tear it up and the, give everything you got and focus 100%, and focus is something that Carlos has struggled with, and he's talked about that, like uh, the, the locking in for every pitch. For me, it would be a year where my financial future is hinging upon a good year, right? So, Carlos, we know the Cardinals hold an option for him for $17 million next year. I mean, he'd have to do something pretty fantastic for them uh, to exercise that, in my opinion. But he is kind of pitching for a job and for 
for the next couple of years. So there is that aspect of it. And to, to your point, look, the, the ideas of the highs, Michelle, they're good. We, we watched him in spring training a couple, you know, a week ago, go six innings. He looks great. But then we'll watch him like give up the house in the first inning. So I understand the the uh, the worry when it comes to Carlos Martinez and the rotation in general. Like to me, like that's my number one thing going into the season that I want to keep an eye on. That that worries me a little bit is that you've got two of your pieces that you believe that you were going to be able to lean on this year. KK coming off an awesome year last year, albeit a short one. And then Miles Michaelis, who missed the entire season, but I figured he would be a guy after missing that year. He'd come back from the flexor tendon injury, and you'd be able to pile innings on him. Again, a veteran guy, and you don't have those at the beginning. So, Carlos, uh, uh, Michelle, long, long way around here. I can't make you feel a ton better about <laughs> Carlos Martinez at this point. Uh, but I know this, every time he's out there, we got a chance to see something special or at the very least something interesting. BT, you guys had a segment yesterday in the fast lane picking out the most pivotal player for the Cardinals outside of Arenado and Goldie. I think we would all pick them. And I, you wound up, I think, you guys uh, naming off 14 names. But I thought... There's a lot of pivotal players, Sandy. <laughs> but, but the way I look at this team, I think they can lose a reliever. They lost Jordan Hicks last year, and, and they won. I think with as many outfielders as they have, they can lose an outfielder, maybe not multiples, but they can lose an outfield, outfielder and win. I think if you squint real hard, you could see them winning without Paul DeYoung. I don't think this team can win the division unless Jack Flaherty is pitching and pitching well. Totally agree. I, I 100% agree with you, Randy. And we, we were going around, right? And we were trying to, in, in that segment yesterday, say, all right, well, let's throw Renato out, like you said. Let's throw Goldie out. And Flaherty would be the next name. It's like, oh, well, let's throw him out. Like, that's an obvious. It is an obvious, but it's also not something that's set in stone. Like, it's obvious, like, he needs to do well, but it's not obvious that he is going to. Jack Flaherty has got every tool in the toolbox that you could possibly want for a starting pitcher. And last year, it's, I think it's unfair to look at his year last year and say, oh, well, look, look at the regression Jack had. He had a 4.91 ERA. He struggled. But his, everything was blown up about his routine, his consistency, even like the, the normal routine that everybody's was messed up. His was even further. He had multiple start dates that were pushed back, uh, like right beforehand. I mean, it was just a, a mess of a year. But he, he needs to be the guy. He needs to be able to anchor things. Jack Flaherty needs to be a guy that that's whispered or, or yelled in conversations when it comes to the Cy Young because you're number two right now, and I, I love Wayno to death. And Wayno had such a great year last year. He was your guy. He was your ace. Great spring again. But, it's a, you know, you, you got a 39-year-old pitcher as your number two. You need a young buck to step up and be great. I totally agree, Randy. He needs to be able to anchor this rotation if this team wants to make – a deep run, wants to win the division, and wants to have a chance in the postseason. Jack needs to be the guy that gets the ball game one, and you know you're going to win that game. Brad, I think a name that is likely on your list of 14 players that could be pivotal players for the Cardinals, at least for me, is Dylan Carlson, uh, for so many reasons. But we really need a player in this outfield to separate themselves and to make some noise this season. Um, and the Cardinals need to have some offensive production as well. So Randy was reading to me the projected lineup for the Cardinals tomorrow, and it has Dylan Carlson hitting seventh. What are your thoughts on that spot for him in the lineup? Yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me because that's kind of the lineup we saw last time out in spring training against the Mets where he was sitting there seventh. I think they had uh, Williams batting eighth. I think if we can see that leading into the season, maybe take a little pressure off a young player batting, batting later in the lineup, but that is not going to be the place where Dylan Carlson hits. If that's where Dylan Carlson is for the entire year, I don't think things have gone to plan. Personally, 
I would like to see Dylan Carlson batting one of two places. I I see him batting second uh, because I I like him. Young guy batting in front of Goldie and Arenado or Arenado and Goldie, however way you want to flip that. But I do think that it would be Goldschmidt, uh, Ben Arenado, at least initially. And uh, I, I just think you set up a young player to get pitched to. We saw Dylan Carlson come up last year and everybody's throwing the kitchen sink early on. And knowing that, you know, he might chase if he, you know, if he doesn't, who cares? We'll walk a guy, we'll get the next guy. Well, if you end up putting that guy on base and then you have the two monsters behind him, that ends up being trouble. So I I think second will be good for Dylan Carlson. And I think that fourth would fit as well. We saw that when he came back last year, we saw how he actually served as protection for Goldschmidt for the first time the whole season that somebody actually stepped up in that spot. So Seventh is fine initially, but I think it ends up being a problem if that's just where he is for the entire season. VT, there are people driving down the road right now, and there are managers in Major League Baseball that will say, oh, there is no such thing as protection. You pitched in the Major Leagues. You you get it. You just mentioned it. What does protection mean? Well, it just just means knowing that... there are going to be guys in a lineup, right? And every team is going to have a meeting beforehand and say, well, this is the guy that's not going to beat us. And it's very obvious last year, those meetings said Goldschmidt. He's the guy that's not going to end up beating us, okay? And we saw the opposition pitch around Goldie. We saw a lot of times, and Paul Goldschmidt is not afraid to take his walks. He'll get on base. But what happened when he got on base? He got stranded there a lot. There was nobody behind him that really protected him or really made you pitch to him. And now I think the Cardinals are going to have some of that with Nolan Arenado. If you want to pitch around Goldie, well, then you have Arenado there to end up making you pay for it. And it is a trickle-down effect. I mean, somebody's going to end up having to be behind them. But the the protection aspect of a lineup is real. I mean, so look at – it's a bad example. I hate using them. But I'll use them here just as an extreme example. Look around at the Dodgers lineup – like who are you? Who are you pitching around? Like who? Who are you saying? Oh, this guy can't beat me. Is it Mookie Betts? Oh, great. Well, what about Bellinger? Or what about Muncie? Or you know, what about uh, Seager? They're just so deep that there is no breathing room for a pitcher. And that's my hope for this Cardinals lineup, not to be the Dodgers. Okay, that's it's on the cards for them, but to be a lineup that has length, to have guys that once you get through one through four. Last year, it was once you got past Goldie, as a pitcher, you look at it and say, all right, well, I can navigate through this. I'd like it to be a little more turmoil for the opposition this year. And I think they got pieces that can do it. But uh, going back to the 17 or 18 pivotal pieces that we have, uh, I, I think – I really think that your outfield mix, I mean, that's a big part of it. And most teams are not hiding their outfielders later in a lineup, and that's what we've seen the Cardinals have to do the last couple of years. Somebody's going to have to emerge out of this group in multiples. And, Michelle, as you mentioned, Dylan Carlson, he's everything sets up for him to have success. I mean, the, kid, the kid's just a stud. He's got a great skill set, incredible head on his shoulders. I think that he's going to be fine. And I love the adjustments we've seen from Tyler O'Neill, And I hope to see those translate to this year, certainly. The Cardinals do as well, because it's a big difference when your lineup has length. BT, one last thing. Are you, in the last three years, working harder on Cardinal opening days than you did as a player? Yeah, big time. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, I would dig into the opposition a little bit, but I also knew that I, I was a two-trick pony, and really only one of them was okay. I was thinker slider. Like, that's what you're going to get. I was thinking, and I'm like trying to figure out how every single Cardinals pitcher is going to get out. A. Eugenio Suarez, and I'm looking at all the bullpens, all the roster moves. 
listening to different podcasts left and right, there is a lot of information that I know I won't use any of it, but dang it, I better have it just in case. Yes, this is way more work than it is being a player. And uh, look, I I am a firm believer that I think that all broadcasters, no matter how big or small your role, I think you should be getting paid Major League Baseball money, Mm -hmm. like at least a minimum. That's my thought. And meal money, too. Even though it's only thirty-five yeah, bucks, we'll take money. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I I can make thirty-five dollars last a long time. That's a couple of good like Mickey D breakfasts, and then I'll pocket some of it. <laughs> you got to figure it out. Hey, we'll be That's watching it. tomorrow. We, we're, we, you're in this afternoon, right, with the boys? Oh yeah, I'll be in. All right, so we'll be tuned in this afternoon, and then watching tomorrow as the Cardinals open up the season. Hey, thanks for taking some time. It's always good to talk to you, my man. Man, I love talking to you guys as well. I can't wait, and I uh, appreciate you letting me be a part of the show. And, again, uh, condolences, Michelle, to uh, Illinois. Better than the luck uh, next year. It's going to be a great year for you guys. Thank you, Brad. But I have just come to the conclusion that it's not going to happen for me, ever. I, you know, maybe they'll win, but I'll be six feet under, and that's fine. I've, I've just come to the acceptance phase. Yep. But thank you for your condolences. Well, some, somebody will lay orange and blue flowers at your site, <laughs> if that's the case. Thank you. And, and we should note here. <laughs> that if Gonzaga wins it all, Dixie State can claim that they're the second best team in the country. How, how, how are we drawing the well, parallel? As you here? played Gonzaga and, and lost to them, it's not like anybody else was between Dixie State and Gonzaga. Okay. They beat everybody. So everyone's tied for second. I will yeah. say. They lost by 65, I think it was. <laughs> Is that all? But baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> there you go. Have a great day, Brad. See you later. All right, guys, see ya. That's Brad Thompson. You can hear him this afternoon at 2 with Anthony and Rivs on the fast lane. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.